This episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by Audible. Get a free trial offer along with a free audiobook at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 27. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. Today we are joined by Jeremy Lamont. He is a member of Grace Lutheran Church and School in Sandy, Utah, right outside of Salt Lake, and serves on their board of directors. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Nicholas, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about you, your background, and how you ended up in Utah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am a uh, I am a son of the great state of Utah, born in a, a little college town called Logan in the northernmost part of Utah. Utah shaped a little bit like a fat letter L, I guess, and I'm up there at the top of the L. Uh, I live in Salt Lake City or in a suburb of Salt Lake at this point, and uh, that's sort of a you know, there's a lot of uh, higher education moving for school and work and those kinds of things, just kind of drawn to the city as people are. Um, but uh, that's that's how I'm located here physically. Uh, spiritually, I am, uh, talked about this a little bit beforehand, but I am an adult convert from Mormonism. So I am a uh, member and uh, blessed uh, son of God in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Um, but it's been a, it's been a long and, and weird road and I sort of fell, as they say, uh, backwards into it without really any, <laughs> any recognizance of my own. Uh, but, uh, but here I am and, uh, talking to you today and I'm, I'm thrilled to be doing so. And it's good to have you. Could you give our listeners just a brief sketch of how you came to the LCMS? Sure, absolutely. So, uh, I am the beneficiary of, I guess what you could call spousal evangelism. Uh, so I'm actually, I'm a divorced uh, dad of two, but uh, when I was dating my, my future wife, uh, she was born and raised in the Missouri Synod, and uh, I had lately come from, like I said, Mormonism, you know, being born and raised in Utah, you have a pretty good chance of, of going that way. And uh, so she said, well, if we're going to date, you're going to come to my congregation. And I said, okay, sure. And, uh, and I did so, and it was about, um, I mean, that would have been in 1999, or right before 2000, and so I have been in attendance more or less at a Missouri Synod church for going on about 20 years now. However, um, my actual baptism and confirmation are much more recent. I've actually been an adult convert since, uh, 2000, I want to say 2018, I think. Uh, so fairly, fairly recent, but I'm a lifelong citizen of Utah, and I've actually been at my church for quite a while, uh, but it's only fairly lately in my life that I have come to, to really understand the significance of the, uh, of the Orthodox faith, as it were. Excellent. So tell us a little bit more about your experience in Utah in terms of what you like best about it, and especially where you are now in Sandy. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, Salt Lake City, if you've ever seen the photos of it, uh, one of the things, and I know that on, on this program, a lot of folks immediately will go to sort of the geography, and I, and I have to do the same thing here. Uh, we are at the foot of kind of a leg of the Rocky Mountains. There's a kind of a north-south running um, uh, mountain front that's called the Wasatch Front, and that's kind of where the population center is. 
uh, in the state of Utah, and everybody is nestled right up against the foot of these mountains. So one of the cool things about Salt Lake and the surrounding area is that you are about 30 minutes from, you've probably heard of Park City, you've probably heard of the Sundance Film Festival and all the ski resorts that we have here, and the rich and famous who fly in and, you know, kind of uh, snowbird here and, and such. Uh, so we are within a pretty short drive to, in the wintertime, of course, skiing and snow sports, sledding, uh, in the summertime, hiking, ziplining, boating. Um, but you've all probably also seen, when, when you think of Utah, the stone arches and canyon lands and the big stone pillars. Uh, and that is to the south, uh, but, you know, more, more of a drive, but not, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good day trip to the south. Um, we have uh, a pretty good little metro area here, so you can, kind of like some of your other guests, we're, we're sort of a, a medium-sized city where we get some of the amenities that you would expect from a, a larger metropolitan zone, but uh, we're still sort of, uh, you know, kind of a, nestled away, just a little, a little mountain town here. And uh, I gotta say, I love the mountains. Uh, the mountains are in me the way that, you know, some people live near the ocean, and they, you know, the ocean is in their blood. Man, I am a mountain man. Um, and you know, when, when I go to the Midwest or when I go somewhere where there's no mountains, I'm just lost. It's like this big empty canvas on the horizon. And I'm like, I don't know where I am. My entire existence is oriented on those mountains. Um, so that, that is absolutely, uh, one of the things that I adore here. Um, people wise, um, you know, the culture here is different, I think, than you get in a lot of places. Um, uh, you know, I love the folks, um, the, um, you know, there's, there's just a lot to like in Utah. And really, I, I think about, I could live other places. I could, but I, I, don't, I don't know if I really want to. So that's Salt Lake for me. That's Utah. Excellent. What are some of the other things beyond the, the geography and the people that you really enjoy about being there? Um, you know, uh, one thing that is kind of nice, and it's fun to be proud of the place that you're from, uh, U Utah is kind of this interesting little geographic crossroads. You know, we have the West Coast, you're there in the Pacific Northwest, we've got California just to the, to the left of us, so to speak. Uh, we've got all of the, you know, Chicago and Texas, we're sort of right in the middle of, of, this, of this area, and we're also an interesting little tech hub. Uh, you may have heard of, uh, maybe not, I don't know, maybe nobody else has heard this, but we have something called the Silicon Slopes. You know, you've got Silicon Valley in California. We, we have sort of styled ourselves to be the Silicon Slopes. We've got, um, you know, really, really big and famous uh, technology companies. Adobe has a presence here. Uh, lots of credit card companies. Lots of programming. Software development happens here. Uh, we also have the University of Utah, which is a, a big medical research school. We've got the Huntsman Cancer Institute. Uh, lots, of, uh, lots of healthcare and medicine going on here. Um, speaking of, you know, you can't mention uh, University of Utah without also mentioning BYU, and if people out there are into college sports, I guess those things mean something to, something to those folks as well. I'm not so much into that myself, but um, we, we get to have a lot of, um, you know, big important stuff here without having to be in a, a big super populous place elsewhere. So we just, you kind of get a little bit of everything in Utah. And, and I think people are starting to discover us. We, you know, we have a lot of immigration here from the West Coast and, and, and people do come here and I think they tend to set up homestead and stay, but uh, it's, it still is a, just a really great little hub of activity, both uh, you know, the natural world, the unnatural world, uh, you know, human development and things like that, uh, all, all of those things. And uh, it really is just a great place to, to situate yourself. Excellent. All right. So we've talked about the good things. Let's talk about the flip side. What are some of the challenges about being in that area? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one, one thing, and I guess I'm going to go back to geography for just a minute, because after painting this beautiful picture for you, 
Uh, one thing that we have come to, to sort of learn in the last several years here in Salt Lake Valley in particular is that although we are a, you know, a pristine, nice little mountain town, it turns out that we are in a bowl valley. Uh, we just got mountains sort of all around us. And what that means is that in wintertime, uh, we end up with uh, a lot of pollution that somehow creates... Normally, pollution will be blown out of your area by the wind. Well, what happens here is it blows over the top and creates like this cold, cold air dome that traps everything on the inside. So I am a little bit abashed to say that on our worst days, Salt Lake City somehow has some of the worst air on certain days in the entire country, uh, even over places like LA, because we're in this little natural dome. Um, and, and I think that is like one of our major problems here. Like we're still trying to figure that out and to deal with that. Um, and, and that's probably the one thing that I have to kind of like dig my toe in the dirt a little bit and say, yeah, you know, we kind of do have this, this thing going on. Um, apart from that, um, challenge-wise, the, the other thing I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, this, I'm going to throw you a little curveball here. Uh, yard care is, is a lot more difficult in Utah because climate-wise, Utah is a little bit too cold in the winter and a little bit too hot in the summer. And so all of those nice plants and nice, er, you know, grasses and, and shrubs and things that you want to do your landscaping with that work everywhere else in the country don't really work here. So one source of ongoing consternation for me is that I just cannot find the right plants to put in my yard because they burn up in the summer and they freeze out in the winter and it just, it's vexing. I got it. Nicholas, it is, that is like for me, like the main, I can't, I can't with that. I just can't. Your main cross. It is. Bearing. It really is the one. I'm bearing that one every year. Like I've got, I've probably got the worst yard in my neighborhood and I've just, I've come to accept it. But uh, I would say that those primarily are probably the two things that really, really grind my gears the most. That's probably not as interesting as maybe you had, uh, had expected, but uh, th those are my, those are my things here. Absolutely. So one thing I do want to ask about that I perhaps isn't a challenge at all for you because you're from that area. But one thing I've heard from other people who are, for example, Roman Catholics who are living in Utah, they, one of my good friends is a Roman Catholic and he and his family had a lot of difficulty because they weren't Mormons. Mm. What do you hear that complaint from people, other people around you, or is that not really something that, that you face or others face as a challenge? I, I believe they do. And in fact, um, I, you know, I know that uh, in, in one of your past episodes, I, there was a, a pastor that you were talking to who was in, I, I can't remember where he was, but he said that it was uh, the gentleman who runs the uh, Lutheran B&B had said that he actually passed through here. And, and we, we do have some Lutheran congregations here. So in locally, and I'll just kind of work my way around to answering your question here. But as, as far as Lutheranism, we, we do have a little knot of Lutherans here. We have several LCMS congregations. We have a pretty good, robust circuit here. Uh, we have a couple of um, Wisconsin Synod, a couple of Wells congregations, and we have one ELS congregation here. Uh, but we are we are by far, uh, you know, the minority here. And um, your Roman Catholic friends, I, I believe they they are definitely on to something. I, I think that um, Utah is interesting because it is a, a Mormon majority. Um, the LDS Church is involved um, directly or indirectly in a lot of the uh, policy setting and in the politics and you know people will live their faith whatever that may be and so that can sometimes be a little bit trying for people who who do not subscribe to that uh, having been born and raised in the mormon church i also saw that there 
you, you know, there, there, I think there is a tendency on both sides to kind of say like, ah, well, you know, these, these other people and, uh, you know, folks get a little upset about, uh, say, for example, tight liquor laws or, or things like that. Or that I, I feel like there is a tendency to just get a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, kind of in, in whatever circumstance you may find yourself, you know. Um, I, I feel like when you are in... When you are in Rome, you do as the Romans do, and um, th this is definitely not the kind of culture that you get in, um, I mean, I know you've even talked about this uh, for yourself, you know, being in the Pacific Northwest, you have a lot of essentially neo-paganism, right? Like people who are not faithful, who will um, kind of put their belief into whatever thing. Um, in, in a way, uh, we here in Utah are essentially living in more or less a mission field of, uh, moral pagans, essentially. Um, Mormon people are awesome. They're great. Uh, they, they have uh, somewhat, you know, as, as, as pagan people are, are given to have God's law, um, they don't have the full picture of the gospel. And, and there are some other problems um, with, with Mormonism as well. But uh, one thing that you can say about them is they are absolutely courteous. They are guided by their particular moral compass and um, you know, take that for, for what it's worth. Um, I find that it, it only really galls you as much as you allow it to. Um, the, the, the interesting thing about it, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, is that um, Mormons are not a simple majority in Utah anymore. It's probably about 40, per, I think the last statistic I saw was that it's about 40% Mormon, and then 60% is kind of everybody else. Nobody else is as big as that demographic, but they themselves comprise the, the, the largest core group of people. Um, so I, I don't find it particularly difficult. Um, it, it is a little bit difficult sometimes to be surrounded by people who sort of believe that they are Christian and don't really realize that, 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 that they're not actually. And, and it's really difficult to communicate that. And so that is a challenge for um, Lutherans and Christians here in Salt Lake and in Utah at large. And you've probably seen on YouTube and, and in, in various um, outlets where people are like, oh, this is how we minister to Mormons. And, and um, it, it does present a little bit of a challenge. And you can, you can decide to let that get to you or, or not. And, um, you know, I can't, I can't find fault with someone either way, but I think it is one of those things that, uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about crosses to bear, and, and that could be one that someone may, someone may need to bear a little bit. I see. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. A lot of us have a lot of downtime right now, and there's been no better time to start a new audiobook with a free trial from Audible. You get a free audiobook of your choice that you get to keep even if you decide not to continue with their service. So far as books you can check out, I'd recommend looking into Luther's Bondage of the Will. That's on Audible that you can pick up as your free audiobook. But if you don't like that one, you can always choose a different one from their plethora of options. So go ahead and go to lutherancartographer.com slash audible to get your free audiobook today. Let's get back to our guest. All right, so we've started to talk about this. Tell us a little bit more about what it's like to be Lutheran in your area. You've already mentioned that you've got a, a good number of congregations in the area, though not dwarfed by the Mormon population, of course. But what's it like being Lutheran in Salt Lake? Yeah, it is lonely. Uh, it, it really is. Um, you, you know, I, I sometimes I'm jealous to, to listen to some of your other guests to hear like, oh, yeah, you meet people at the grocery store all the time and everybody kind of knows each other. And the, the life of a Lutheran in, in Utah and in Salt Lake is mostly you see your people when you when you sit in the pew. 
you know, that that's it. You go to the altar together and that's when you see them and, and that, that may be it for the week. Um, in, in some places, you know, like some of the, some of the folks who you've talked to from the sort of Southern quarters, uh, they will say, yeah, there's Baptist churches everywhere, you know, on every corner you've got, you know, you know, Baptist churches or Reformed churches or whatever. Here, there are absolutely, uh, Mormon churches on every block. Uh, and they, they not only have one service as we would understand it, they have multiple congregations in each building and they will do multiple services from, you know, nine in the morning until two in the afternoon. They'll just rotate people in and out. It's all the time. Um, I have had the good fortune, actually, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm kind of blessed to have the opportunity to talk to you about it because this past year, I actually took the opportunity to visit a, a number of the LCMS um, parishes here in the circuit because we were working up to a um, to the March for Life event that we did here in Salt Lake City back in January. So as part of that run-up, I decided to submit myself as a spokesperson to go from my congregation, to go from Grace uh, Church and School, uh, to each of these parishes. And I got to visit and, and talk to our pastors and meet some of the lay people and just kind of talk to them and, and uh, worship with them and, and commune with them. And, um, and it was really awesome to see the degree of care and respect that our pastors here have for the liturgy and for the body and blood of Christ and for the confession and absolution. Um, and, I, and I made sure to tell those folks, you know, um, even the language of our church, you know, when, when we sit in the sanctuary, there are two parts to the sanctuary, right? There's the chancel and then there's the nave, right? And we know where nave comes from. It comes from the word for boat. We are all like Noah and his family sitting in our little boats adrift waiting for God to set us down wherever we will go. And I sort of used that analogy when I talked to the brothers and sisters that I visited and said, you know, um, we are each in this, in this state of Utah, in this valley, uh, in our circuit, we are all in our own little boats and we're all sort of floating. And, and I said to them, you know, it, it, it'd be kind of nice to just, you know, make contact and bump the holes a little bit from time to time and, you know, get to talk to one another. And, um, and, and that's something that we don't get a lot of, really. I mean, it really is you kind of, of stick to your your parish and you stick to your pastor and you stick to your people. And um, every time you leave, you're going back out into the mission field. And I think we all as Lutherans experience that to some degree or another, but it is stark when you, when you leave the, you know, when you leave the parking lot at your congregation, it's like, wow, okay, this is, this is different. And um, the interesting thing, I, I specifically want to bring this up too, because as somebody who has been, uh, who has been Mormon in the past, um, I have kind of become the de facto go-to guy. The interesting thing that you might not expect about Lutherans in, and actually Christians of, of various stripes in this setting, is that we live shoulder to shoulder with, um, you, know, you know, with the LDS people. But we seem to know very little about them. And uh, just one, one quick story I'll share is that they don't refer to their congregations as congregations. They refer to them as wards. They have their own, their own language. And a new couple that had moved here to Utah, and actually they'd been here quite a while, but they said, oh yeah, one time we were taking a walk in our neighborhood and there were some little signs posted for the ward family picnic. And they thought, oh, well, that's nice that the Ward family would invite us to their picnic. And so they followed the signs and ended up at this Mormon church. And they said, wow, the Ward family must have a ton of people in it, <laughs> not realizing that they were actually going to the congregation picnic for, for, this, for this Mormon church. And I sometimes use the analogy, I, I'm sure that everybody is familiar with, um, with Harry Potter, right? 
well, in, in Harry Potter, you have the wizarding people and you have the muggles, and ostensibly they are a mixed demographic. They live shoulder to shoulder. But you have the normal muggle people who are like, oh, magic is so wonderful and amazing, and, and you know, we know nothing of this. But then you have the wizarding people who are like, oh, the muggles are fascinating. I hear that they have this mechanism called a bicycle, and look, you can ride on it. And, and that's a little bit what it's like here. Um, you know, sometimes when we have Mormons visit our congregation, they'll say, oh, well, is this your ward? And we'll say, well, yes, yes, it is our ward. And um, I will field questions from, from a lot of my brothers and sisters about kind of just the, the little kind of day-to-day -day questions of, you know, what, what, what do they do over there, you know? And they're all wearing ties, and, and what do they do in, their, in, in the temples, and, you know, what's this all about? And not even the really arcane stuff, but just kind of the day-to-day -day stuff. And, um, and that's, that's not just for you folks listening to this. I mean, it's not just for people who have never met a Mormon, but it is for us who live here in Utah. It's we, we just don't mix the, the, the waters that much, so to speak. And, um, and I think that that presents some challenges for ministry. And uh, we are working as a circuit. In fact, we are going to be calling a specific, um, specific ministry pastor as a missionary here to do ministry specifically to Mormons and to, to help educate us about how to talk to those folks and how to proclaim the, the true gospel of Christ. Um, it, is, it is extra difficult, especially when they, you know, as a faith, they will say, oh, yeah, you know, we, we believe in the Bible as long as it's translated correctly. And then, of course, there are a whole lot of caveats for that. And so they end up with a lot of terminology that we have, but they tend to mean a lot of different things by it. All the way down to the word gospel means something different to them than it means to us. And um, so as, as Lutherans, um, it is a little bit lonely, but it is also a very stark contrast, and it helps to focus us on the cross um, which is not a focus, you know, in, in this prevailing culture here. The cross is not a, a symbol of, of Christ's uh, crucifixion or, or resurrection. It's not, you know, it, it doesn't really mean the same thing uh, as it does to us. And so it, it really helps to, I think, fix our eyes on the cross and to um, give us comfort in the means of grace that are given to us uh, in our confession and absolution and in the body and blood that we receive at the altar. So it is... Um, in my particular case, you know, I tell people, you, you don't have to be an apostate to really understand the Orthodox faith, but it doesn't hurt. <laughs> so, uh, I didn't quite catch that. What do you mean? Oh, just that, um, you know, for, for, for what we call cradle Lutherans, right? So, so Nicholas, you were born and, and, and raised Lutheran, right? So, more or less, yeah. More or less, yeah. So for, for you... It's kind of business as usual, right? This is Christianity. This is what it is. Um, for someone like me who has seen the distinction and who sees, you know, kind of what the differences are, um, I, I just find that, and, and you know, this is, this is a, a gift that, that God has given to me in kind of some weird ways, but it, it means that I, sort of in a, in a weird backward way, I just, I just feel like I have such a strong appreciation for the things that might otherwise be taken for granted. I see. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you appreciate it more having been yeah. deprived of it for so long. Yeah, and you don't have to go that route is what I'm saying, but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. I see. Okay. So for the kind of the stereotypical view of Utah is that it's very family-friendly, very straight-laced. What is it really like to raise a family there? Is there some truth to that stereotype? 
Yeah, I think there is, and, and I think that that is one of the positive things that can come from uh, a, a culture as it is here. I mean, it is definitely very family-oriented. Uh, Mormonism in particular um, is, is very focused on the idea, for example, that um, families can be together forever is something that you hear from Mormons, and you know, we, would, we would have a, a little bit of a different take on that. But, uh, but what it means is that, um, you know, uh, focus on um, family-based institutions um, are, are, are um, emphasized here. Uh, the public school system, even though I would tell you to send your children to a good Lutheran uh, parish school, parochial school, you should do that. But, um, but you know, the public school system is is a big focus here. Um, they they work very hard to train teachers and to, I mean, even even down to the culture, you know, that you experience as a child. I mean, one of the things about having an essentially um, kind of an innocent or or sort of a whitewashed culture here is that you end up with a very sort of um, I, I, I kind of like to say that in Utah we have a very nerdy proclivity here. I mean, we have things like uh, Comic-Con, and, uh, you know, we actually have, like I think it's like the third biggest version of Comic-Con is here in Salt Lake uh, once or twice a year. And growing up as a kid, you know, you you get into things like, you know, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, or, or, or a lot of Star Wars, or, you you know, your make-believe just tends to be a lot more innocent and, and kind of fun and goofy and, and nerdy. Um, and that, that is something that, that I benefited from anyway as, as a child, and it may be different now for my kids. I think, uh, you know, the, the rest of, of culture may be catching up with us here, unfortunately. But, um, but, but I would say that, that yeah, there, there are some actual benefits, uh, some kind of uh, halo effects, I guess, that you might say that come from, from living in a culture that, uh, that, that really does value its morality. I, th I think you, you do get some benefit from that, yeah. I see. So Napoleon Dynamite is kind of that nerdy, kid that that kind of is a picture yes. in some ways of what yes it, kind of the direction yeah. of the culture i love that reference nicholas great callback to napoleon dynamite yeah it is it is absolutely like that and um you know and not everybody and, and it may be that your your personality may dictate that a little bit more than the culture at large but um in, in some ways we do have a, a little bit of a cultural bubble for for the better and the worse i think but it, it means that um you know raising a family you can take some things a little bit more for granted that that you know the culture that surrounds you values the rearing of, of children and the um you know the preservation of the family unit uh which I, I don't think that's something that you really do get everywhere else in the country that makes sense all right, so let's say that we've got somebody that's thinking about moving to Salt Lake or is just passing through on vacation. What things to do or things to see or places to eat would you recommend? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So there are a couple places that I always recommend uh, just kind of for fun when it comes to, especially if you're going to be in Salt Lake in particular. And I mentioned the Wasatch Front, and there's all kinds of stuff to do along. It's, it's basically this one continuous uh, kind of kind of um, suburban metro kind of sprawl. So uh, anywhere along here, going all the way from the city of Ogden up in the north, all the way down to uh, you know Provo and Orem to the south, uh, there, there's there's just a ton of stuff to do. We have aquariums that are here, believe it or not. We've got a really great zoo. Hogel Zoo is here, and I know that there are zoos you can get anywhere else, but uh, we we do have a good zoo here. Um, restaurants and things like that. Uh, there's actually a, a great place that's up on the university campus. We have a local pizza chain that's called The Pie, and they have one particular 
Whenever I have friends in town, they have one particular location that is actually in a basement, sort of in this in this little. I mean, it's almost like a little speakeasy kind of pizza place. But you you go down into like this little bomb shelter area, and the whole place is just covered up with kind of wholesome graffiti. You know, people signing things and drawing little pictures and stuff like that. And you you just have this uh, this great little pizza place that's down underground. It's called the Pie Underground uh, there on the University of Utah campus, and it's it's a nice casual spot. You don't have to get dressed up for it, and it's just kind of a fun little experience. And so I'll, I'll tell people to go there too. But uh, we have um, a number of, um, uh, believe it or not, we actually have some uh, sort of brewery restaurants. There's a place that's closer to where I live in Sandy, which is to the south of Salt Lake, uh, that's called the Bohemian. And uh, it is a sort of Prussian... I, I don't even know if you call it Prussian cuisine, but it's sort of like the kind of stuff you'd have in the Czech Republic or in Prague or something like that. And you can order some some nice drinks with that and get some schnitzel and and those kinds of things. And so if you're if you're a good uh, uh, you know by heritage a good German Lutheran, we've got some good places for you here in town as well. Um, while you're here, you may as well stop by the uh, the LDS Temple. I mean, it's at least worth having a look at. It's nothing like you would see in the cathedrals of Europe or or those kinds of things. And you know, in uh, actually here's here's an interesting little here's an interesting little tidbit uh, that uh, if you happen to go to the Mormon temple into the visitor center they have a statue that, that uh, they have sort of co-opted as, as sort of their their branding and you may have seen it it's a statue of Christ with his arms outstretched and it's kind of this marble looking thing uh, that is actually a copy of a Lutheran statue that is originally in a cathedral in Copenhagen Denmark I think huh. it's in Denmark and um, so we actually you know when I found out about that because I'm like oh yeah that statue again and I was like you know where did that come from anyway and it turns out that it's actually a replica of a, a Lutheran statue, and I wish I could remember the name of it off the top of my head, but uh, you can come and come and take a look at that and point and say, hey, we can lay claim to that. That's one of, that's that's one of our good Lutheran statues there. Yeah, that's right. Um, we also have here things like the Kennecott Copper Mine, which is, the, from what I understand, the world's largest man-made hole that you can see from, from outer space, uh, so you can, you can uh, take a look at that. And then, of course, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, all the natural features, and uh, you know, I, it's, it's fun. I'll tell you, in winter, it's fun to see people traveling from places that don't have snow, places further south. You can always tell when you've got a visiting family because they've got a car parked out to the side of a snowbank, and they're just petting the snow, and they have their kids kind of rolling around, and hey, look, this is snow. Pet it. Yeah, look, there it is. Uh, but yeah, we have we have a ton to do here, and, and we actually have a very active tourism board, and uh, they have a lot of good suggestions for you, but we got good camping, uh, good things to do. Uh, simply, you know, the Utah Symphony is here, and uh, all kinds of theater. Hale Center Theater is a, is a nice, they just uh, renovated and built a nice new theater system and it's it's one of those theaters in the round kind of things and they do some really creative stuff with that too and I've taken my kids to that and that's just a joy uh, to go to as well so if you you know if you hear this and you're, you're looking for something to do and none of that stuff immediately strikes you as yeah I want to do that uh, hit me up let me know I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you some suggestions good deal all right so now as we start coming to the end of the podcast I want to make sure that I give you the opportunity to point our listeners to different things places to follow you online your church's website what would you like to point our listeners towards yeah absolutely well especially in this time and uh, who knows how long our, our current exile will go on from from our churches but uh, one of the things that we've done uh, pretty far ahead of the game we've actually been doing a live stream of both our church service and our Bible studies on the Grace Lutheran YouTube page and uh, funny thing about that is that we are actually the Grace Lutheran of all the Grace Lutherans in all the world uh, if you go to youtube.com slash C for channel slash Grace Lutheran uh, you'll find our channel there 
And wow. you can find uh, my, yeah, my, my pastor, uh, Pastor Tony Massanelli, who is a great, best pastor I've, I've ever met, uh, catechized me and is just a really faithful guy, gives a really great sermon. You can see his sermons there all the way back to uh, Holy Week two years ago. We actually started that and we haven't missed one since then. Um, and I probably need to go back and trim some of those down. If you want to see the whole liturgy, they're still there. You can actually see what kind of a church we are and, and how we handle the liturgy. Uh, very liturgical church. Um, we, we, do, we do hymns. Even, even when we have our, our guitar and piano, we still do the hymns from the hymnal. And, um, and I, I think, uh, you know, you'd love to, to come and, and sit with us and, and worship. Um, we have a lot of other congregations here. We actually have uh, a, a Concordia Education Center. So if you happen to be here when the seminaries send their professors out to, you know, the various places, you can actually come and get a seminary class here as well. Uh, but you can also find our website for Grace Lutheran Church and School. That's gracesandy.org. Um, as for me personally, I am most active on probably Twitter, I would say. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. That's L-A-M-O-N-T on Twitter. Um, and I, I'm generally talking about either theology or video games. Those are sort of my two... Those are sort of my two loves. Um, I am also on Facebook, and if you're listening to this, I absolutely welcome you to uh, send a friend request. I, uh, I mostly post things publicly, but my profile itself is private, but um, come friend me on Facebook, Jeremy Lamont. I think it's jeremy.lamont.12 or something like that, but you'll find me, I'm sure. Uh, and then uh, apart from that, I, I actually have some little projects of my own that are a little more, little more secular in nature, but I mentioned my love of video games, and believe it or not, Nicholas, I can, I can fully appreciate and understand your podcast project here, which I find so fascinating. It's really been a joy to, to listen to it because I actually run two different podcasts myself. I think everybody has a podcast these days, so I figured I'd one-up everybody and, and do two of them. Uh, one of them is called The Game Bites Show, which is a twice-weekly podcast about news of video games, and we sort of talk about, um, my co-host and I talk about the video games that we've been playing and just kind of keep people apprised of current events with respect to video games. Uh, and then we also do an episode where we talk about, um, you know, topics of, of discussion, uh, you know, games that we've been playing, things like that. So that's over at GameBitesShow.com. It's a very low-budget-looking website, but I'm real proud of that podcast, and if you are into the nerdier side of things, uh, GameBitesShow.com is a, is a place that you can get a fix for that. I, on top of that, I have a second podcast because I'm just that much of a, of a masochist, um, and it is about video game music, specifically that is released on vinyl records. Uh, Nicholas, did you know that vinyl records are coming back? Did I, you realize that? I, I had heard that they were cool and that they were coming back, Yes. They, they are back. They're back. And they're back. And they're so cool that um, I specifically collect and specialize in video game soundtracks that are pressed to vinyl record. And I do a whole podcast about that. And that one is more like twice monthly. That one is called Video Game Grooves, if you see what I did there. Uh, and you can find that at videogamegrooves.com. And that's me. Fantastic. So, dear listener, go ahead and check all that stuff out. You can find links to all those things that Jeremy just mentioned on our show notes page. That'll be at lutherancartographer.com slash 27. All right. So before we wind, I ask my final question. I do want to ask you really quick, what new video game are you playing or are you most excited to play? That all right. <laughs> you, you just pressed my button, so I'm going <laughs> to... Great question, great question. So uh, I will tell you that the best value right now in video games, if you have a PC or an Xbox, is Microsoft has something called the Xbox Game Pass, which allows you to play sort of a la carte, a little bit like uh, Netflix of video games. And the nice thing is that they will release brand new releases as part of that service. And for those of you who grew up with a Sega Genesis, uh, you may have heard of a, of a little game called Streets of Rage, which was sort of a, uh, an urban brawling, you know, knuckle combat fighting kind of game. 
and these days retro is in, and they've just released Streets of Rage 4, brand new, uh, this week as of recording, uh, but it is available as part of that Xbox Game Pass subscription, and uh, it is a trip. It takes you way back, and uh, these these days when people make good games, um, they, they basically take all of the best parts of old video games and smooth over the frustrating stuff, and you end up with a real good finished product. So if you are so inclined, uh, check out Streets of Rage 4 on the Xbox One or on PC, and if you want to play co-op with someone, uh, you can hit me up as well. I'm also on Xbox Live. Check me out on Twitter or on Facebook, and we'll, we'll arrange something. We'll, uh, we'll beat up some thugs together. Excellent. Jeremy, what are your parting thoughts for our listeners today? Well, I, um, I, like I said, I really have come to appreciate over the last several years the, the clarity and the comfort of the Lutheran Confession. Um, having been in, like I said, having been in those pews for 15 years as a perpetual guest, thinking that, oh yeah, you know, this church is fine, but maybe the church down the road is fine, or, you know, whatever, it doesn't really matter. I commend strongly to anybody who hears this to spend a little bit of time in the Book of Concord and look at the Lutheran Confessions, um, look at the Church Fathers, look at the Reformers, look at, um, we are blessed to have had uh, Martin Luther to essentially bring us the gospel again from uh, you know from the state of things in in you know the 1500s um, there is a reason that God has brought you to Lutheranism or if you're listening to this and you're not Lutheran um, God will bring you to Lutheranism <laughs> you should you should check it out um, for, for me it was really important in in my sort of awakening to this to realize that the church was bigger than just the four walls of my sanctuary to realize that at at synod for example we have a bunch of great pastors and great professors and great teachers um, just working really hard to bring each and every one of us to a better and fuller understanding of our faith and our confession. Um, take that seriously. You know, spend a little bit of time in the small catechism. Um, you know, bring that to your children too, you know. Uh, there's a saying that God has no grandchildren. If you are a parent and you're listening to this, it's hard, I know, to get your kids to be excited about faith sometimes. They don't reckon with law and gospel. They don't reckon with their sin. But I guarantee you that as they get older and they look back on the, on the effort and the frustration of, of trying to help to impart that knowledge to, to um, communicate to them the, the assurance of your salvation through faith um, you know, by the grace of God, um, it is worth it. And uh, the more that you can delve deeply into that, um, there are a lot of great resources out there. And, and I want to thank you, Nicholas, also, even as a very engaged layperson, um, to help to highlight that just by looking at, uh, you know, different, different folks in, in the church and in fellowship with us uh, from around the country. And um, just get, kind of being aware that there's, there's, there's a whole world that God has given us uh, in which he is glorified, in which he um, brings us the good news of our salvation. And, and so that, I think, is my, my parting words for you is to um, keep your eyes open and, and to really appreciate the, the, the beauty and the comfort of a steadfast Lutheran confession. Amen. Thank you again. God's peace. God's peace to you, Nicholas. Thanks again for having me. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 27. Before you go, I encourage you to check out that Audible offer. That's at lutherancartographer.com slash Audible. You get a free audiobook to check out that trial, and you get to keep it even if you decide not to go forward with their service. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.